This is Christian Questions. Albert Einstein once said, That deep emotional conviction of the presence of a superior reasoning power, which is revealed in the incomprehensible universe, forms my idea of God. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions, Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience. I promise never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. And obviously that's not Jonathan, that's Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Rick. <laughs> uh, Kathy, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. And you can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So I am Rick. And I am Kathy. Sitting in for Jonathan. Yes, indeed. Who is away in Delaware taking care of his uh, aging parents. Right. Doing a fine job, I might add. So we're glad he's there. We're sad he's not here, but we're glad you're here because somebody's got to sit in that seat and you do such a good job when you come in. (laughs) It's a privilege. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's good to have you. And Kathy, what is our subject on this fine spring Sunday morning? What drives Christian faith? And our theme text is taken from James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So, the big question this morning, folks, is what drives Christian faith? Is Christian faith different? Is it somehow more magical or extensive than the faith of other religions? Is it less credible than the faith that we have in science or medicine? Is Christian faith based on long-standing traditions, feelings, the Bible, what church you go to? Is Christian faith transformative? Should Christian faith be a recommended staple in everyone's diet? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning, folks. We're going to be looking at Christian faith, what is it, how it works, how it stacks up against other kinds of faith, where it all fits, and what it means to you and I. So, there you have it. Wow. It's going to be very cool. (laughs) And and actually, Kathy, before we get started, uh, and we're going to make this announcement several times throughout the program, but we do have an extremely important announcement for our 100.3 listeners in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, We are actually moving to another talk radio station in the very same market. Uh, We've been courted, which feels good, right? I mean, they, they want us. The new station wants the program, and this station has a similar booming listening area outreach and will have other leading talk show personalities and shows like ours, Talk Radio 8.50 a.m., Knoxville, Tennessee area, Talk Radio 8.50 a.m., beginning next Sunday. Uh, Christian Questions will be on at our normal 7 to 9 call-in time uh, this coming Sunday, Talk Radio 8.50 a.m., in the Knoxville, Tennessee listening area. So folks, keep that in mind. That's a major change. Sort of came upon us relatively quickly, and here it is. All of that being said, let's get back to our subject of faith. What is faith? And we're going to start, Kathy, we're going to start out with a soundbite. And the soundbite comes from a, a, a film uh, called The Meaning of the 21st Century. And I think the book of the same title was uh, um, 
published in 2006. So I think the movie came out in seven or eight or nine, somewhere around there. I'm not. I'm not sure. It's kind of like a uh, a documentary film. But um, it, you might might wonder, well, what has this got to do with faith? And well, we're going to find out. So let's listen to this. Each of us can contribute on a daily basis to the elimination of our species. We're just sort of exceeding everything. We're kind of outgrowing the Earth in a sense. We are well beyond the point of no return. No one can afford to remain ignorant of these issues and not do something about them. This is our make or break century. It's probable that we can be much better off than today by the end of the 21st century. What is absolutely certain, however, is that we can do this only by being careful with our planetary capital. We are the first species that can plan our own destiny. But on an evolutionary timescale, we have been here only the minutest period of time. Could it be that we are an anomaly that is not going to survive? Isn't that exciting? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, when Jonathan asked me to be on the, the program today, he said, we're, we're, it's a good subject. It's faith. <laughs> I should have known better. <laughs> yeah, you oh, know me. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, in Jude 3, it says, you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. And I think that means that the good fight of faith includes defending the word of God and the character of God. So I'm ready for battle today. Okay. All right. You heard it here. Kathy's <laughs> ready for battle. She's not wearing her Christian armor like she did one Sunday morning, but uh, she is ready for battle. Uh, so let, let's go, go through that because... The sense is okay. Maybe we're this this evolutionary anomaly that is is going to self destruct, and unless we do something, the world is going to end. And now is the time. And, and so there is a faith factor in that film. And you, the, the, there, I don't even know if it's still on. There used to be a TV show called The Fear Factor. I've heard of it. I don't know if it's still on. No, I don't. I don't either. But the idea is okay. The Fear Factor was finding something that people were really afraid of and making them face it. Well, what we're looking for is the faith factor in everything that we do, say, and think. And, and these folks who produce this film, The Meaning of the 21st Century, have a faith factor. And it's in hum- humanity. It's saying we can change the destiny of the, of the earth if we apply ourselves to such a thing. So that's their faith factor. It's in humankind. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about faith, 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. All right, Kathy, what is the definition of faith? Let's, let's look at the online dictionary just for a moment here. Faith is what? The first one is confidence or trust in a person or thing. Faith in another's ability. Okay, so confidence or trust in a person or thing. What else? Belief that it is not based on ba- belief that is not based on proof. He had faith that the hypothesis would be substantiated by fact. See, so now if you read that definition, belief that's not based on proof, it almost sounds careless. But then you read the way it's used, and it and it's actually very careful. Because he's saying he had faith at the hypothesis, so he put, had faith that something that the, the, the educated guess put in place would work out because of all the factors. So, but there, faith is a belief in something that you don't necessarily see. Okay. Okay. What's the third? Belief in God or in the doctrines or teachings of religion, the firm faith of the pilgrims. And the last definition? Belief in anything as a code of ethics, standards of merit, etc., to be of the same faith with someone concerning 
honesty. All right. So faith has a variety of meanings, and it can uh, be gauged from something that, you know, you have faith in. We're driving on the highway this morning, and you drive over a bridge. Well, you have faith that the bridge is going to carry you because you, you've seen that bridge there for how many years, and everything's fine. So faith can be developed by necessities. It can, it, and it is. And, and that's the thing about faith is, what folks, whether we like it or not or believe it or not, everybody has faith. Even if you're an atheist, even if you renounce the very existence of God Almighty, you have faith. And I might add, you have a lot of faith, and we're going <laughs> to get into that. We're going to get into that uh, in, 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 as the program unfolds. So you've got a little bit of a dictionary definition there. Now let's go to the, to the, Bible's, the, the Bible's definition, because in Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verse 1, the, it, it very clearly defines faith. This is a great scripture. Whenever we talk about faith, I think we always come back to this scripture. This is from the Rotherham translation. But faith is of things hoped for, a confidence, of facts, a conviction, when they are not seen. All right, and you were commenting on this definition before. Well, it's, it's interesting that this is the definition of faith, but if you, it could also be the definition of fear. All right confidence in things that are not seen. So when you are afraid, you're confident in something going very wrong, in something that you don't know about. Yes. When you have faith, you're confident that things will work out about things that are not seen. So you're right. It could go either way. Thus, the fear factor versus the faith factor. And what we want to focus on is how faith gets put in place in everybody's life. And uh, I want to go to another soundbite here, Kathy, real quick here. This was a, a dramatization of an old story. I, I don't know if you ever heard the story about the college professor who would challenge his students about their faith. No, I hadn't. And, and, and basically, essentially belittle them. He'd, and the original story was he'd drop a piece of chalk on the floor and, you know, it would break. And uh, he'd say, well, you know, if you had enough faith, you could drop that chalk on the floor and it won't break. But, you know, see, your God doesn't exist kind of a thing. So this was a dramatization that was in the Pan-Pacific Film Festival uh, done by a group to, to dramatize that, sort of update it. They're actually using a light bulb in this example rather than a piece of chalk. Okay, in other words, if you have enough faith as a Christian, like you say you do, go ahead, drop this light bulb and see what's going to happen. So this is the professor... Uh, sort of building up to that moment in his in his arguments against God and against faith. There is a God. Satan exists. So for the rest of you, I'm assuming you believe in a one just God. John, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yes, sir. So you believe in God? Absolutely. Is God all powerful, Becky? Yes. Is God good, Summer? Sure. My brother died of cancer, even though he prayed to God to heal him. Most of us would attempt to help someone who is ill, but God didn't. How is this God good, then? So he's asking the basic question. He's saying, okay, you know, um, does God exist? He has everybody stand up. And he says, sit down when you don't agree with what I say. You know, there is a God, there is a Satan, and everybody's still standing. And then he's, he's challenging them, pushing them further and further. And his last point is, well, look, my brother had faith. He prayed to God to be healed of his cancer. God didn't heal him. You and I would try to do something good for somebody who was suffering. Why wouldn't God? How could God be good? So he and Kathy's making that that Kathy face that she makes like, when, <laughs> oh, come on. You're not serious, are you? It sounds like James 4, 3 to me. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. 
Okay, now, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to put that on the shelf and come back to that, because now are we saying that, okay, so if somebody wants to be healed, or somebody wants something uh, in, in their life that's not necessarily um, uh, overboard, is that asking on your own lusts? I mean, wouldn't God want to benefit you that way? I think uh, uh, don't answer yet. Okay. Don't answer yet. Don't Are answer you yet. Me? <laughs> don't answer yet. So let's let's continue to define what faith is here. According to the Bible, the word faith it's a simple word. It really means persuasion, credence, or conviction. All right. So it, it really does follow along with the dictionary definition. Every time you see the word faith in the New Testament, it's always from the exact same word. So there's no no fanciness here. It's a very straightforward approach. I do want to use a scripture though in Acts chapter seventeen thirty one. Uh, 17 verse 31 because it uses the word assurance and it's the same word for faith. So let's let's go through that scripture real quick here. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. So this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he's talking to the Greeks about um, a day of judgment, a day of righteousness, which we actually talked about last week. And he's saying, where have he is given assurance, faith, to all men. Now, what's the faith factor? Why? What is the assurance that the Apostle is basing this thing on? True faith can be described as trust, which implies that there must be some reason or reasons for the trust to even exist. And I think it's so interesting that he uses the same word for us. It must be really important for us to understand, and he doesn't want us to be confused about it. And he's using an actual, at that point in time, now people will doubt this now, many people will, but a factual event, the resurrection of Jesus He's saying he's given assurance in that God raised Jesus from the dead. He's saying that's proof that what Jesus said is actually going to come to pass. So he's saying faith is based on fact. Now, we know that that happened, and of course there's, there's, there's uh, uh, rumors about it all, you know, all over the place, but we know that that happened, and that's the assurance. Now, faith is very different than credulity. And we don't have a lot of time to do this. We're actually over a little bit on this segment. But credulity is readiness or willingness to believe anything uh, without evidence. And oftentimes, Christian faith is looked at by those outside of Christianity as credulity. But that is not the case. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today, we're discussing what drives Christian faith. Coming up, George Michael sang, You Gotta Have Faith. Was he right? Find out next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is What Drives Christian Faith? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. 
And Jonathan is out of town this morning. He is taking care of his aging parents. We're glad he's doing that. And Kathy, we're glad you're able to sit in for him today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And uh, before we get back into our subject matter, folks, we do have a very, very important announcement for our 100.3 listeners in Knoxville, Tennessee. We are moving to another talk station uh, in the very same market. We've been courted, uh, which feels good. Uh, this new station wants the program, and the station that we're, coming, we're going to has a similar booming listening area uh, and reach, and we'll have other leading talk radio personalities and shows just like ours. So we are very happy to be switching to Talk Radio 850 AM. Talk Radio 850 AM next Sunday. Yet yeah, next Sunday at the same live call in time of 7 to 9 in the morning. This coming Sunday, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, tune in to Talk Radio 850 AM, and Christian Questions will be there waiting for you. So, uh, Kathy, an important announcement there. Very exciting. As we move forward. Uh, We touched very briefly on credulity at the end of the first segment. And that's an important thing because credulity is, is having faith in something without any evidence or any real reason. For it, it's just something you, you choose to sort of like place your faith in, and uh, you, a gambler has a lot of credulity when if if they don't understand if they're not counting cards, for instance, or something like that. <laughs> okay, you know, you, you, it's 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 faith that is not placed well, and that doesn't sound like what God would want from us, right? Because He admonishes us in the Scriptures to prove all things. Right. So the idea is many people who look in on Christians and Christian faith say, well, Christian faith is not based on anything. And we're here to tell you, no, 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 no. Maybe your Christian faith isn't based on anything. (laughs) But here it's based on many, many things. And just like you said, the idea of proving all things, the idea of digging into and knowing why you believe what you believe so that belief can actually be transformative. And isn't there a place in the the New Testament where Apostle Paul tells us that we should always have a reason for the hope right. that is within us. Right, and I think we're going to be touching on that scripture a little bit later. So uh-huh. we'll be coming back. To, I think. I'm, I, I did read it this past <laughs> week. <laughs> so, anyway, let's go to a living faith requires action. Hebrews chapter 11. We started with chapter 11, verse 1, for the definition of faith. If, faith. if we jump down to verse 6, it sort of uh, builds on that definition. But without faith, It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it's not possible to please God without faith. It's just not possible. You have to believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. That's an important factor here. That's the faith factor. Now, let's go to the non-faith factor. Uh, this was we got this from uh, YouTube. It's it was a it was a, a, a sub segment called "Losing Faith in Faith Postmodernism," and it's a little bit it's a little bit long, but it's talking about where society has gone, and it's a little bit philosophical, but it's important because it defines the 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 era of time that we live in. And and Kathy, this is not a good era of time for real, true, rock-solid faith. It's a great time for credulity. All right, so let's listen to this. So what happened is at some point we realized that we were in a seam of history where the the bedrock of our civilization that we believed would be unchangeable, the progress, the very notion of progress, the very notion of truth, 
the reliability of reason, our trust in the historical process, was somehow the collapsing. And this was uh, began to be talked about actually as late as or as early as 1979. Uh, there was a, a French philosopher named Francois Lyotard who spoke about what he called the the, the uh, canopy of truth that was collapsing. But what he meant by that was that. You know, we grew up in a time where you discuss what is true, what is false, and you give five reasons why I think this is true. But what if the whole concept of truth is under attack? What if people are not even sure there is a truth to be known? So, <laughs> too bad we didn't have a camera because you know Kathy's face is worth a thousand words. <laughs> She's like, yeah, right. But but see, that's where we are. We are in an era where truth as as a body is is being challenged and now the only truth is well what i think it ought to be so truth has become relative to where i am in my life and what's good or right or true for me isn't necessarily what's good and right and true for you and that creates a whole big problem in a society Whew, it really does. And that's why people, I think, are so fearful, you know. And, and I loved how in, in Matthew eight twenty six Jesus said, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Because, you know, even the book of Psalms in one hundred seven twenty nine tells us that God can take the storm and make it a calm. And so, you know, and again in Psalm 31, 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. It just sounds like solid ground. Well, and, and that's exactly the point. True, real faith, not credulity, but real faith is solid ground to stand on. It's not something that, if you are a person of real rock-bottom faith, it's something that you don't say, yeah, I got faith. I mean, yes, <laughs> I have faith because I've seen it and I've proven it in such a way that I believe it to be true. And that's exactly what we want to do with our Christian faith. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And if you have more to say after the program, you can write us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box, one eight. Three seven New London, Connecticut, zero six three two zero. So there's uh, the the subject of faith is a broad subject, and we're asking the question: What drives Christian faith? And and there's lots of brands of Christian faith, and some brands, frankly, aren't. I don't think uh, this is a Rick opinion, but I don't think that they are founded on real true the real true definition of faith. I think they are in in some cases founded on credulity. The the idea, well, and I'll, and I'll, we'll expand that as we go. The truest Christian faith, though, is rock solid. Colossians 1.23 uh, really helps us, and we're going to come back to the scripture later on, but this really helps us to put it in perspective. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof... I, Paul, am made a minister. So one thing about that, Kathy, that scripture that's important, and we're going to take just this first part, we're going to come back to this later, if you continue in the faith. So in other words, you don't have to rewrite the book. You don't have to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fabricate this faith around what's good and, and right for me. It's if you continue in the faith. It's already there. It's already written. It's already in place. You just must continue. Get on board with it. There's no creativity needed here. 
And that's what real true faith is. It doesn't have to have to fit exactly what I like because it's something bigger than what I like. That's true Christian faith. Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. All right, Kathy, now. <laughs> I got to tell you, folks. You know, Kathy sits in as co-host uh, sometimes when Jonathan is not uh, not around. But she, I have asked her to, and she and you write me uh, a note every single week critiquing the previous week's program. And she's very good at that. You're very honest with me, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times, she just doesn't like the sound bites because they're very contrary to to kind of the direction we're going. So I know, Kathy, you're not going to like the next sound bite, but. Tough. We're going to listen to it anyway. <laughs> do you ever have like happy programs with happy sound bites? Of course we do. But this, right. this, this one is from outgrowinggod.com. So already you see uh. that there's something here that you, you may not like. And it's, and it's just kind of musing, if you will, uh, about the world without God and without holy books. And the first part of this is all pure sarcasm. You've got to understand that to listen. Okay, let's listen. At the dawn of the 21st century... How would we possibly manage our lives without religion? Without religion, we would no longer have the benefit of ancient holy books to educate us about the origins and nature of the universe. We would instead have to rely on science alone. Without religion, we could no longer base our morality on Iron Age ethics and obedience to supernatural law. We would instead have to base morality on human well-being and define for ourselves what is good based on reason, compassion, and experience. You take out the sarcasm and I like it. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. He's saying that without, without, without all of those things, we'd have to base our morality on human well-being and define our, ourselves what is uh, good based on reason, compassion, and experience. And I submit to you that the 20th century was the bloodiest century in the history of humankind, and it wasn't because of religious wars. It was because of anti-religious wars. It was because individuals rose up without God, without any sense of God, and proclaimed their power in the world and slaughtered and millions upon millions upon millions of people. And that's what you end up with in a world like this. I just had to throw that in there because he sounds he sounds so like, well, you know, without all of that, we could base things on human compassion and goodness and reason. Well, let's look at how we've done so far in the last hundred years. And the answer <laughs> is not so well, pal. No. So let's check your history before you get all excited about human compassion because it's got limits because like it or not, there's sin. Anyway, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866. We're talking about faith. What is faith? What does it mean to you? 866-985-4255. Toll free. 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. And that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And, you know, I did a little peeking ahead. And you've got to check out CQ Rewind, the premium content yes. edition, because it has some really great in-depth 
definitions of what is faith. And it also goes into modernism and postmodernism. We were get, we're throwing those 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 terms around this morning. We're not really getting into defining them, but these are are ways of thinking that have developed through history. Uh, postmodernism came into into effect in the 1800s, where you have the Industrial Revolution and you have thinking and invention. And postmodernism is beyond that and now questioning everything where we are. And then some people even call it post postmodernism, where again. And you question the very validity of truth, and truth becomes very subjective. But you do have faith in there, too. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> but faith gets lost in all of that. Me- well, in, in, in the Rewind. Yeah. Yes. In oh, the oh, Rewind yeah. edition, yes. Yes, yes, there's yes. a happy ending because there's <laughs> faith. There's a lot of faith in there. <laughs> Check it out. Okay. Um, and also... You want rewind the, the the premium content because this next section we're we're not even going to explain uh, because we don't have time in this segment. But Kathy, we've got a list here. Our faith can be based on many different things, and we're not even going to read the reasons why. These will be in, in rewind the, the the premium content. But what are the different things we can have faith in? We can have faith in science, medicine, opinion, preference, tradition, history, astrology prophecies, paganism, the secret, atheism, and the Bible. So there's all, and those are just a few examples. The point is, faith exists in everybody's life. We all have faith, and the question we have to ask ourselves, is our faith really strong, strong faith, or is it just credulity, or is it a mixture of the two? That's what we want to find out. So the bottom line is that all of these approaches that you just mentioned uh, to life or parts of life rely on faith. In many of these cases, our faith is well-placed and necessary. Faith in science and medicine, for instance. Faith in the Bible, in my mind, for instance. And will we'll, we'll yield life-enhancing results. In other cases, our faith would be better placed elsewhere. Like faith in astrology. To me, like, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? Come on now. Wake up. Wake up, please. Uh, Faith in the prophecies of Nostradamus, which nobody can even understand. You know, remember the Mayan, quote, prophecy that the world was going to end in December of 2012? That that, didn't work out so well. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. So the idea is faith and credulity are oftentimes mixed up, and you just don't understand how how they all work together. Um, I did want to go back to another soundbite, but I don't think we have time. I was going to go back to that Pan-Pacific Film Festival um, program where the, the professor is asking the students, well, is God good? Is Satan good? Where does Satan come from? And the answer is, well, God must have created him. Is there evil in this world? Well, yeah. Well, who created it? If God created everything, who created evil? And they're going, well, must have been God. Uh, is there sickness? Is there hatred? Is there repulsiveness? Is there immorality? And they're saying, yes, well, if you believe in God, well, how come all this stuff exists? And they're, they're hard questions until you understand how it all goes together. So, Kathy, as we wrap up this segment, just read Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So earnestly contend for the faith, not faith that you're making up as you go, but the faith which was once delivered to the saints. We've got to go back to the origin of what true Christian faith is. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing what drives Christian faith. Coming up, what is the best gift you can give your child? Even better than anything at Toys R Us. Find out next.
You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is What Drives Christian Faith? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. And Rick, I understand we have a caller. Yes, we do. Let's go right to the phones. We Steve from Connecticut has been waiting for a while. Good morning, Steve. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hi, I'm Steve. I, I'm, I'm listening to about about faith, and um, my my take on faith is is a couple different levels. With with, um, with, with human faith on our human faith is is based on consistency. Which is is not given much credence today, but consistency breeds r- reliability, and and then trust. So, you, so if, if somebody does something that they say they're going to do on a consistent basis, then you have faith that they're going to come through. But with God. God has, has a higher level of standards with faith because because you never know what God's going to do. God could could strike you down with a disease or a pestilence or, or or an earthquake or whatever, but in His, his in His divine wisdom, there still is a a, a mythical faith in that He knows what He's doing. Okay. Because if 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 there wasn't murder and there wasn't earthquake and there wasn't pestilence and everybody was allowed to live to be a uh, hundred and million years old, we'd overpopulate and and we'd die as a species. So, in his infinite wisdom, he knows what he's doing. So I have faith in that God knows what he's doing on a higher level of standards than what we have on a human level. All right, and that, that but, makes, um, that makes uh, as, you know, good sense. As a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, as a human species, I, I think faith is built on consistency and trust and then built on, on, on an understanding that what what you're going to say you're going to do is you're going to do that's faith. All right, Steve. Thank you. Listen, on a history. Listen, Steve. We got it. We got to keep moving well, along I, here. As far as God is God is concerned, I, I I have utmost faith that He knows what He's doing. Even if He strikes me down with a disease or or whatever, uh, it's, it's a bigger, higher game plan. Right. Hey, Steve, listen. Listen, we really do have to move on. You made some really good points, and we really appreciate your calling in this morning. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Have a good day. And you know, Steve did make a good point. You know, human faith is based on, and he just put it together so nicely, based on consistency, which brings reliability, which brings trust. Reminds me of Hebrews 10.38. The just shall live 
by faith. And then he said, God, it's a higher standard because you don't know everything about God. Now, I would probably frame it a little bit differently, but the idea is that you're right. We don't know all the details of God's plan. The point is we know that God does have a plan, and therefore we can have faith in whatever it is that he is doing because it's part of his ultimate plan for the redemption of mankind. I like that. It's for the redemption of mankind. So So it's good news that we can trust. There is an ultimate good. And so even when things are going bad, if you know that there's an ultimate good, that's where faith comes in. Real true faith. Okay, I've proven through scripture and prophecy that there is an ultimate good coming so I can get through the bad for the sake of the ultimate good. And it's, it's like going to boot camp. Nobody likes boot camp, but when they come out, they're transformed. They're, that's the kind of thing. So, Steve, thanks so much for the thoughts. Very, very well put. We appreciate your calling in this morning. And, folks, if you do have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And you can go there and check out CQ Rewind, too. Now, uh, folks, just a real quick announcement for our listeners in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. For those listening on 100.3, we are moving to another talk station starting next Sunday. This coming Sunday, we will be on Talk Radio 850 AM. Talk Radio 850 AM in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. uh, Sunday morning from 7 to 9, our normal call-in time. uh, And it will be, uh, again, starting this coming Sunday, so please make sure of that. Go to Talk Radio 8.50 a.m. and Christian Questions will be there 7 to 9 waiting for you. Kathy, let's move forward here. Is faith appropriate for children? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Let's just do verses 7 and 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Skipping to 11. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so that gives you a sense of human parenting and spiritual parenting. And if we want to give good to our children, how much more does God want to give good to us? Of course. So, and, that's, and that kind of does fit in with what Steve was saying. You have faith in, in God because he's above us. And you have faith, or we should have faith in God because we believe that what he has to give us is something great. So, should is, is faith an appropriate gift to give our children? Absolutely. <laughs> in Colossians chapter 2, um, you got to check out verses 6 and 7. But the, the main point is at the very end, where after you've received this gift, that you will abound with thanksgiving. So there is a there is a greatness that comes from a gift. I mean, it's not just the and th- there's a difference between uh, being ecstatic about receiving the gift. That's not what the scripture says. Abounding with thanksgiving is a long term result. Thanksgiving doesn't ju- isn't a moment. No, it's living with gratitude. Right. And so faith produces gratitude. Mm. That that's really and gratitude is a way of life. Proverbs twenty two six. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, is faith appropriate for children? Well, the scriptures are telling us that faith is absolutely appropriate. Train them in the way that they should go. We should teach our children how to have real, true, grounded Christian faith. Not credulity, but grounded Christian faith that is based on an understanding of the character of God and the content of the scriptures that reflect the character of God's justice and wisdom and his power and his love. That's 
what true faith is. God has a plan, and he, it, it is his will that men should be saved. That's a, just a wonderful, wonderful thing, and what a great gift to give your kids. Uh, multi-generational faith is reflected in the scriptures. Uh, Kathy, and this is a great scripture, Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. So the Apostle Paul is saying that I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. He's following an example already set. Again, he's not making up something new. Even though he is the first of his forefathers to be involved in Christianity, he's following the same model and template of faith that existed in Judaism beforehand. And isn't that one of the, the techniques of Satan to discourage us and to get us to not train our children and bring them along? Didn't he do that to um, Moses and the Israelites when they were trying to leave Egypt? Well, you guys go, but leave your children behind. Yeah, yeah. And, and how sad, because it is, it's a lot more work when you're, you have to sit and teach your children the stories and, um, you know. And, and you're teaching them the stories so they can understand, they can have a sense for why do you have faith. It's not just enough to say to your kids, yes, you got to have faith. You have to show them, you have to live the sermon of faith before them. Right. So and they can adopt it. Even, you know, the commercials on TV about talking to your kids about drugs and even when they're not listening, they really are. And I use that little motto in my head in talking to my children about what I believe to be true in the Bible and teaching them faith, even if they're not listening, they really are. <laughs> well, that's, and that's true. That's true. It, it really does make some sense uh, in terms of, of how it all, all fits together. Um, I, I, we're going to run out of time here in this segment, so we're going to skip over a couple of things here. In Romans ten fourteen to 17, it talks about faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ, and, and it gives you a sense that there's a progression of faith. We're not reading it in the interest of time because we only got two minutes left. I do want to play a soundbite, and Fred, we're actually going to go to number eight. Uh, we're going to skip seven. Um, this is from Bill Winston. He is a, he's a preacher, and he's talking about faith. Now, this is a little bit of a different approach to Christian faith than, than we obviously take. I want you to listen, and then we're just going to make some comments on comparing how, how it all fits together. What is faith? Confidence in God. This gospel was never meant to be preached with all this revelation and no proof. When you start operating in righteousness, the miracles will take place. But if you've got low self-esteem, a low ceiling, if you're always intimidated, if you're living so close to the world that like Samson, all of a sudden you lose your strength because you think more of Delilah than you do of Jesus, I'm going to tell you, you are accident going somewhere to hell. Wow. <laughs> Very excitable approach to, to Christianity there, there. And we're going to come back to, to Mr. Winston in, in the second hour. But, 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 Kathy, the basis of the faith factor in this Christian perspective is a lot of emotional drive. It's, it's a lot of building upon that sort of the excitement of the moment. And that's really, to me, obviously, we don't take that approach here on Christian no. Questions. So, and, and, and folks, we have to decide, is that what is going to drive you to live a changed life? Or is building the foundation of faith brick by brick going to drive you to live a changed life? And that's what we try to do here, is, is build that foundation of faith brick by brick 
step by step, building on things that we believe to be true and proving them wherever we possibly can. See, to me, that's the recipe for real, true faith. And that, to me, is what we ought to be giving our children so that they can, they can, they can hold, hold fast on that. Um, James chapter 4, verse 3, uh, last scripture before we close this hour. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. So there is a factor that comes into play in terms of asking and receiving with faith. Because, you know, in in, in scriptures, Jesus said, the scripture you read at the beginning of the segment, asking you shall receive. And it sounds like an open door, a, a, a blank check, if you will. But James says, well, you ask and you don't receive because you're not asking for the right reasons. You're not asking based in faith. You're asking based in ego. You're not asking based in what is good for me from the standpoint of God in my life. You're asking from the standpoint of this is what I want and I want it now. We're in that 21st century where I am the thing that matters. And folks, that's not what faith is really all about. In the second hour, we're going to be looking at and talking about uh, faith. We're going to be comparing it to uh, Muslim faith a little bit. We're going to take a look at paganism and see how faith works there. And yes, even atheism. Atheists do have faith. For Kathy and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We'll be back after the news and all of that. But till then, what drives Christian faith? Check us out on Facebook. We'll be back soon. Think about it. is Christian Questions. John Paul Jones once said, If fear is cultivated, it will become stronger. If faith is cultivated, it will achieve mastery. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Kathy this morning. Kathy and Rick, this isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Kathy, you're sitting here in for Jonathan this morning. I'm happy to be here for Jonathan while he travels to Delaware to be with his parents. And uh, what is our subject? Our subject today is what drives Christian faith. And our theme text is taken from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And we're talking about Christian faith and what makes Christian faith work. And we're looking at Christian faith for what we believe it really truly should be. Something that is solid, that has a basis, that you can go back to proofs, and you can go back to an understanding. And it's not just, oh boy, if you, you believe that, then have I got a bridge to sell you in Florida. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Something, something very, very significant that changes your life, that is transformative because of its significance. That's the kind of Christian faith we want to strive for. And during our program, this morning, Kathy, we've been you know, sort of visiting in on uh, sound bites, if you will, that give you a very contrary perspective on things. Yes. And we're going to go back to one of those just to get started. First of all, two, two things. Um, 
Uh, I do want to apologize, folks. For those of you who could not get on the air in the first hour, please try and call back at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. And if you have more to say after the program, you can write us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320. And uh, you can also leave your comments on Facebook. You can email us at Rick, R-I-C-K, at ChristianQuestions.net. Uh, Lots of ways to con- uh, contact us. We love hearing from you folks uh, because you are why we do this. So ChristianQuestions.com is the website. You can find everything there. Let's go. Let's start this segment with asking the question, is all faith the same? And we're going to go back to that soundbite that you loved so much before, uh, outgrowinggod.com. <laughs> and this one now is going to is not going to be so sarcastic. He's beginning to get to his point about we need to really just outgrow God, get beyond that childish stuff, and get on to life as it should be. Without religion, we would no longer have faith in an invisible God to give us hope. Instead, we would have to find hope in the proven potential of the human intellect, the intensity of our will to survive, and the depth of our capacity for goodwill. Without religion, we lose the promise of immortality on the far side of death. We would instead be left with the sober conclusion that this life in our present reality is the only one we have, and as such, we need to make the most of it. Boy, that's depressing if you ask me. It's sad. It is. It is. And and again, the faith factor here is the faith in human intellect, in human compassion, in in and in the and the fact that well, not the fact, but they're they're, they're thinking that this is it. This is the life that you have. Live it to the fullest, because after this, there's nothing. And you think about that, and, and when you think about humanity, we're wired for something more than that. We just are. Right. And because of the immense intelligence humanity has been given when you compare humanity to the rest of the creation on Earth, uh, there's something very, very different. Very different, and you've got to ask yourself, how could it be so different with, with no planning and nothing else but just, but just the, the minds of men? Just doesn't, just, just doesn't make sense to me. No. So anyway, is all faith the same? Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL, live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. Let's talk about paganism just for a few minutes. What is paganism? How does it work? What kind of faith is involved in paganism? And this, the, um, the next, following couple lines I got for actually from a, a, a pagan website. Paganism is a religion of nature. In other words, pagans revere nature. Pagans see the divine as an eminent in the whole of life and the universe. In every tree, plant, animal and object, man and woman, and in the dark side of life as much as in the light. Pagans live their lives attuned to the cycles of nature, the seasons, life and death. The Bible tells that man was made in the image of God. The pagan gods and goddesses of the ancient pantheons are made in the image, which is the other way around. So paganism basically says the gods were made in our image. The Bible says we are made in the image of God. So there's a tremendous disconnect 
between those two. Now, when you think about it and, and you look at it, paganism has been around for a long, long, long time. You know, when you first said, let's talk about paganism, my initial response was, no. <laughs> and yet, the scripture we're about to read, I went, no way. When did they add that into the Bible? <laughs> I was sleeping because I missed it. This is a really cool point. Because it helps us understand where paganism came from. And we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 7. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves Covering. So you have sin entering, but the problem here is, well, first of all, the problem is sin entering. Okay, but <laughs> I guess the issue is that the way Satan presents the temptation is he says to, to, to Eve, God knows that in the day you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. You know, as many times as I've read the Bible and studied this, and you, you read about the faithful Jews, and then you read about, at the same time, there's all these pagan people. And I always thought, well, where do they come from? How did they get these ideas? And it never, I never put this together, that they were really there from day one. So Satan is the father of paganism. Is, is really Whoa. That's really the bottom line, because you will be like God. And paganism says, pagan gods and goddesses are made in our image. So they're taking on God themselves, just like Satan said, here, here's what's going to happen for you. You will be like God. So it's a misrepresentation of God's true will for mankind. And I think it's a very, very uh, interesting uh, perspective here. Kathy, let's go to the phones. It looks like we have Julius from Connecticut on the line. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Rick and Kathy, thank you for taking my call. Okay. Don't you think Kathy should be promoted to first class uh, uh, commentator? Yeah, sure. She, <laughs> she, she, she could take my job. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. Not take nothing away from Jonathan, though. Okay, uh, I think of my friend in uh, the Middle East, uh, Timothy. Yes. When we talk about Timothy, we befriended him. I would suggest to him he memorize the first psalm, Psalms number one. Okay, and the what drives Christian faith? Uh, I would say uh, uh, an answer, one of the answers to that would be believing without seeing. And I re refer you to the incident of Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29. That's uh, believing without seeing. Mm -hmm. Number two, I like this uh, saying I heard years ago by a very prominent speaker, a preacher. Quote, All that I have seen teaches me to trust the Creator for all that I have not seen. And number three, uh, this is uh, one of my favorite uh, illustrations, saying whatever you want to call it. It says, fear knocked at the door, faith went to open, and there was no one there. <laughs> I like that one. And finally, another one, uh, current one, is uh, Luke 18, 8, uh, when the Lord Jesus asks about our day. He says, uh, would, 
would he find would he find faith on the earth and brother the faith that we're talking about there is very little out there god help us to be more faithful to him thank you for a lovely program god bless thanks julius god be with you Good, good thoughts, uh, great scriptures. And, and, you know, he said, talked about believing without seeing. And, again, you can take that statement by itself and you can create something there that's not. You can say, aha, see, you're telling, saying you should believe without seeing. Yes, we are. But we're saying, why do you believe without seeing? Because what you already know about that which you do not see has been proven. And, see, that's, the re- that's what true, true faith is. It's built on a foundation that is solid, not some whimsical thinking. So, Julius, thanks so much for all of those scriptures uh, and those examples of, of faith. Uh, Kathy, one last scripture on this. You know, we were talking about paganism in, in, and its, its origin. Uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So that is a very simple, straightforward uh, uh, statement that says, look, if we get too full of ourselves, the end of that is not good. Paganism is full of itself. Because you are God. I mean, how much better does it get than that? I don't know. To me, it goes back to your original definition of the faith factor and the fear factor. Because when when you put it in the context of God... You have faith, but now all of a sudden you take that away and you let Satan be in control and now you have, now you fear. have fear. Exactly, exactly. Okay, um, our, our time is fleeting by in this segment. We do have uh, another call. Let's go to the, back to the phones. We've got Carolyn from Tennessee. Good morning, Carolyn, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I, just, I just wanted to say, especially when you're talking about teaching children faith, Yes. That I think faith is a journey, and I think what you need to do is teach children the process of growing in their faith. Um, it's not something that you just teach them A, B, and C, and they believe A, B, and C forever. I think you get a deeper understanding as you grow older. Yeah. And, and I love the idea of constantly asking questions. I mean, I think it's fine to ask questions. I sought out a church where they, they love to ask questions, and we have wonderful Sunday school classes where we're not afraid to to ask questions and explore and to grow and mature in our faith. And, and if something doesn't seem to make sense, then we pursue it further and, and try to understand it and grow. And, and I think it's something that it's a process that you, you learn. And the great thing about the process is you're never really done, are you? Exactly, that's <laughs> right. And, and it's something where I think you have to understand, too, that there's a dialogue even between Christians. I mean, I'm a Christian, and I know that that people express their faith in different ways as Christians, and we have to dialogue among ourselves and 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 appreciate each other's point at the journey that they're at, and not try to to knock each other down, but to build each other up. Well said. All right, now, Carolyn, I got a quiz question for you. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday morning, what station are you going to tune into there in the Knoxville, Tennessee area to listen to Christian questions? Haha, I listened enough to know you're moving. 8.50 a.m. <laughs> right, uh, talk radio, uh, 8.50 a.m. That's where you're going to go, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again next week. Thank you very much. All right, Carolyn, thanks so much for the call. Bye-bye. Thank you. And so, folks, again, we are moving to uh, to Talk Radio 8.50 a.m. next week in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. It's an a.m. station rather than the f.m. station we're currently on. Uh, it's a talk lineup. They uh, wanted us to come over there, so we're heading over, and uh, we're very excited about that move. Carolyn, thanks so much. It's a great, great thought. Faith is a journey. It's a process, and it's good to ask questions. 
Uh, so many profound things she said, and I also love the point about having faith in God that he's dealing with your fellow Christians and that we don't have to tell them what to do or what to think or anything like that because because just as where God's working with us, he is also working with them, and we can have faith in that. So we have a, a tremendous responsibility to real true faith. See, if it's just whimsical faith, there's no responsibility. But if it's true faith, as Carolyn was saying, you've got to ask questions, you've got to take the journey, and importantly, you have to teach your children to take the same journey of faith. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan, here with Rick. Today we're discussing what drives Christian faith. Coming up, when life gets super duper difficult, what happens to faith? Find out what the Bible teaches us next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is What Drives Christian Faith? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. And Kathy, as we look at faith, we were talking about paganism um, for a bit and where it came from. I just want to briefly, briefly touch on, on atheism before we get to the next question of what makes Christian faith different. And that really is the core of the program here. Atheism, in a broad sense, is a rejection of the belief in the existence of all gods. And atheism <coughs> originated from a Greek word meaning without God. And interestingly, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 13, it uses that exact word. I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but it says, uh, having no hope and without God in the world. So the concept of atheism requires, in my mind, great great faith. It's mentioned, it is mentioned as a concept in scripture because it comes from the Greek word that's used in the Ephesians text, but it gives you a sense of approaching life without God, with really no hope, future hope, because this is it. This is the end of the line, and there, you, there's no rhyme or reason as to why we got here. There's no plan for us being here. All you have is humanity, and that really doesn't produce a lot, in yeah, my mind. I just don't, I don't understand that. Anyway, uh, that being said, the Bible teaches us to prove our Christian faith and not to have that, that, that credulous, that credulity approach. You know, in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19-22, it talks about, uh, Do not despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Faith requires action. That's the point here. What makes Christian faith different? The Bible teaches us to work on it and to prove it and to put it in place. All of that being said, let's go back to your favorite source of sound bites, out, outgrowinggod.com. And again, the, the individual is now sort of expressing how he sees life unfolding in such wonderment because now you don't have to worry about God. Without religion, we would have no God to give us additional meaning to life. We would instead have to find transcendence in human friendship, love, art, and song, and in celebrating our good fortune and joy at being alive. How would we manage our lives without religion? We would manage just fine. 
And I just got to make one comment there, Kathy. I, it, it it almost it sounds like well be, because religion is here, everything is all full of mess. That's just kind of like the implication, and yes. I, I'm I'm probably reading that into it, and that's just that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing here. But you know, I, draw your attention to those people who are starving, who whose lives have disadvantage written all over them. Where is the joy and the good fortune of their being alive? Where is it? See, from a standpoint of God, there is joy and good fortune because there is a resurrection coming. They have an opportunity later because God sees them as valuable. In the humanistic standpoint, in this postmodern era, what they're saying is, well, you know, they may not have good fortune and all that, but we do, so we're good. Wow, very narrow point of view. It, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's very narrow. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com, and you've got to go there and check out CQ Rewind for all the things that we have not told you this morning. I know, we skipped like half of everything that's on the outline. <laughs> Plus, we have the, the premium content with the bonus material at the end. It's a free service to be able to be downloaded from ChristianQuestions.com. Seek your rewind. A premium content. Sign up. It's free. There is no obligation. And, Kathy, quick announcement. Again, we, we want to keep repeating this every segment. We have an extremely important announcement for our 100.3 listeners in Knoxville, Tennessee. We are moving to another talk radio station in the very same market. Uh, this starts this coming Sunday. Next Sunday, we will be on Talk Radio 850 AM. Talk Radio 850 AM next Sunday, our same live call-in time from 7 to 9 in the morning. That's where you'll find Christian Questions. Talk Radio 850 AM in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. We're excited about the move. We think it's really going to be beneficial. Having said that, let's get back to what makes Christian faith different. Christian faith is developed through testing. Christian faith is not so, you know, it says, you know, faith is a gift, but faith as a, as a, as a potential is a gift. Because remember Jesus said you have faith as a, size, as a mustard seed? Yes. What happens to a mustard seed? Is it worth anything unless it's planted and it grows? No. And that's the point of faith. It's not worth anything unless it's planted and it grows. So it's developed through testing. Let's look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. All right, so let's pause there for a minute before we finish the scripture. It says, now, the statement at the beginning is very strange. Whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. Like, yeah, right, come on. It reminds me of First Peter one seven that the trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes. So the trial and and the the analogy then to gold is how do you get that 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 pure gold that everybody sees as so valuable? It, it has to be burned. It, it has to be, had literally have trial by fire. And you have to take the dross out again and again and again, and the temperature has to be extremely high in order for gold to be purified. So the same thought exists with our Christian faith. 
you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's what the scripture is saying. So here's why your faith has to be tested. And it goes back to what Carolyn said from Tennessee when she called in earlier about faith being a journey. It's a process. And if you are not continually developing your faith, then you're not going anywhere. And your Christian faith really isn't worth very much. And I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. Our faith has to be continually challenged and pressed to develop so it can produce endurance. Because, and here's, before we... Well, I, uh, <laughs> let's finish reading the scripture, then, then I'll make that comment. So let's get back to James chapter 1, start with verse 6. But ask in faith. Never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Okay, so that is saying don't have doubts. But now, there's a problem with that. I have a question. Go ahead. Well, I have doubts. And you know, one of the most difficult things for me is the scriptures are full of, you know, ask for forgiveness from God and he'll forgive you. But when I've done something that I really don't think I should be forgiven for, and I go to God and I kind of have a hand over my face because I'm embarrassed to be even asking him for forgiveness for yet again the same thing I asked for forgiveness for yesterday or maybe something even worse. And I feel like, you know, if I did it, I have to keep asking for forgiveness. And I never feel, I have a hard time accepting that forgiveness. So I'm doubting, but he promises he'll forgive, but I'm still doubting. All right. See, see, and that's part of the human frame is that we, we hold on to our mistakes. We're, we're very good, good with that. Now, the idea of, of asking for forgiveness is, first of all, being in a, in a frame of mind that truly wants to be forgiven. And, and that's the case, okay. right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, of course it is. <laughs> okay, so, so what do we do with that? Well, first of all, when we're in that frame of mind of wanting to be forgiven, the real key is letting go of whatever it is that's plaguing us. And that's why the scripture in Peter says, casting all your care upon him. The word mm-hmm. for cast literally means to throw. I mean, like, throw across the room. And when you throw something, you no longer have possession of it. So if you cast your care, if you cast your sin to the Lord, that means you don't possess it anymore. And you're saying to him, do with this what you will, please forgive me. Because now I don't own it anymore. And it's not like a boomerang? Well, you can you can make it a boomerang. I know! You know, it's like that, that superhero thing where you can like attract something to you with the superpower, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is evil, which is sad, which is, which is unfortunate. Crazy. And, and it, it ends up making us um, look at life in, in a very uh, limited fashion because, and we all have doubt. First of all, understand everybody has doubts. I have doubts. We all have doubts, and we have to. You work. have doubts. Of course, right? I do, <laughs> folks. We're all the same. Let's understand that right from the beginning. Okay, we're all the same. Uh, there are there are none of us, no matter what our position, no matter what our opportunities, no matter what our experience. There are none of us who don't have doubts in our lives that 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 can come back. The question is, what do you do with the doubt? Yes. And if you decide to, oh, like, like, kind of like Julius was saying, you know, uh, he said, what, fear knocked on the door, faith came to answer. When faith opened the door, nobody was there. I love that. Why? Because faith overrides fear. Well, mm. faith also discourages and defeats doubt. That's what it does. It takes doubt and it puts it away. 
And that's what this scripture is saying. Your faith is to produce endurance, but it doesn't produce endurance unless you allow your faith to grow. That's the key. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. Maybe it should be Christian Answers. <laughs> well, you know what? I like I like this the, the, the title Christian Questions because this is, to me, that's the way to learn, is to continually ask questions and to put questions on the table and not be afraid to talk about the questions. And that's why that's such a, to me, such a great name for the program. Christian faith is evidenced in, testimony, in the testimony of our lives. And that's an important thing. What is your life giving a testimony of faith, or when people look at you, do they not see anything different? Let's look at James chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So there is a basic principle about what makes Christian faith. What drives Christian faith and one of the answers is not only its development and the endurance that it develops, but living a life that faith is obvious in. Now, how do you do that? You, you're not afraid to let your faith show. doesn't mean you have to go preaching to everybody you see on the street corner, but what, what it means is you live in such a way that people look at you and say, there's something interesting, there's something different, there's something special about that person because of the way they carry themselves and they approach life in a, in a godly way. And to me, that is, show me your faith by your works. And it can be so simple to do when you're out in the world. People often complain about the weather or or this or that. And to just have a a soft word to turneth away wrath. And and praise God. This is the day he made. Let us rejoice and, and walk around as a rejoicing Christian. Even if we're in trial and temptation. Right. Because Jesus did the same thing. Let's go to another soundbite. This is going back to uh, Mr. Bill Winston. He is a preacher. And he takes a little bit of a different approach to Christianity than we do. But again, we want to put it on the table and just talk about it a little bit in relation to what makes Christian faith different. I believe God. Put your faith in God from now on. You don't have misplaced faith in whether or not your company is going to stay around, whether or not this doctor's report was right. Don't be concerned about what the newspaper said. Have faith in God. No matter what evil report may come into your life, just make up your mind. I'm going to have faith in God. Ooh, you got to take a <laughs> breath after that. But you know, there, there's something there's something interesting about it. There's something important about it. Yes, have faith in God. But just let's remember that God does not plow the road for you in your life. God allows you to have to plow it yourself because mm. that's where faith is developed. So we can't say, oh, I'm going to have faith in God and all of these things will be removed. Rather, we must say, I'm going to have faith in God and I will work through all of these things by his grace. Well, you know, it's interesting that, that the scripture in Mark eleven twenty two says, 
have faith in God. But then it goes back to Jesus telling the story of the the mountain being mm-hmm. moved yep. and how you have to ask correctly, you have to believe, and it's the journey of your faith once again. And one quick scripture before we end the segment. Jesus, in healing a young man, the young man's father came up to Jesus and said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. That shows us that faith has to be growing and developing throughout our lives. That's the most important thing. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Today we're discussing what drives Christian faith. Coming up, what do God, your ego, your blood pressure, and your baggage have in common? You may be surprised. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Kathy, sitting in for Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject today is, What Drives Christian Faith? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com. All right, and Kathy, as we start this last segment, I want to remind our listeners in the Knoxville, Tennessee area that we have a very important announcement next week, next Sunday. Uh, Christian Questions will be moving to Talk Radio 850 AM. Talk Radio 850 AM. We will be on from 7 to 9. That's our normal call-in time that you can call us and listen to us in the Knoxville, Tennessee area Talk Radio, 8.50 a.m. next Sunday uh, for Christian Questions in Knoxville, Tennessee area. That being said, here's the question. What can we do about wavering faith? And, and actually, we've got four points here. Before we get to them, though, let's see what Randall from Connecticut has to say about this. Randall, good morning and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, good too. Good morning. We have Acts 9.20. Paul began at once to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. When Paul is converted, he begins preaching immediately. As Christians, we have that experience, that moment when we know that God is there and here with us. But faith is more than just that moment. 1 John 3.23 We should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Jesus commands us to love. Christianity gives us scriptures structures, values, and a community that bears witness. Our faith is not just a moment or a feeling, but a word we can live. John fourteen eleven, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. You too. And his point there, faith is not just a feeling, but it's a word that we can believe in. That is so true, and that is so critically important to get what faith, what true, real, bottom-line Christian faith really is. It is something solid that we can believe in. It's not how you feel. Faith has nothing to do with how you feel. It has everything to do with where you're going. And how you live. Right. 
Right. You ha- it, it, is, it is faith by works. It is, it is the direction you have chosen to take. That shows the faith of your life. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website is ChristianQuestions.com, where you can get the now famous Christian Questions Rewind premium content. Free. It's free. There is no obligation. You just sign up at uh, ChristianQuestions.com, and it will give you a synopsis of the previous week's program, graphics and illustrations, scriptures, and all kinds of extra stuff involved in there. They do a great, great job of it. Again, ChristianQuestions.com. All right, Kathy, what can we do about wavering faith? We have four checkpoints. I like this. Okay, first checkpoint is what? Check your blood pressure? That's right. Check your blood pressure. You heard it here first. Colossians one twenty three. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. All right, check your blood pressure. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. If you are grounded and settled, you don't, you're not overly excited about anything. You are grounded. Your, your, your feet are firmly on the ground. You're settled on where you came from and where you're going. Check your blood pressure. If you're all bent out of shape about things, your spiritual blood, blood pressure has to be readjusted. You have to find your settled focus on your faith. Well, what about people who, who suffer from, who are, are rooted and grounded Christians and yeah. yet suffer from anxiety and and are naturally fearful does that mean they don't have enough faith no what that means is they have an uh, an additional challenge and and what happens with this is when you have that additional challenge what your faith does is it makes that additional challenge easier to deal with because the context of your spiritual life is firm it's settled it's already been figured out for you see that's the thing if the, your spiritual life has already been figured out for you, most people who, who suffer from anxiety are always mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh. But the spiritual life has already been figured out for you, and so you find comfort in that. Now, it doesn't make your anxiety necessarily go away, but it labels it, and it gives it a reason to, to, to show you how to move forward because this is the endurance that you are, 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 are pressed to deal with. So it's kind of like fear knocks at your door a lot. Yes. And so you just have to continually have faith answer it. Right. And even if you don't feel like it. And see, that's the key. That's what faith is. Even when you don't feel like it, faith answers the door and nobody will be there if faith is truly answering the door. And the doubts can come up and, and, you know... Birds are going to fly over your head. Right. Just don't let them build a nest right. in your hair. That's okay. the key. And, that, and, and look, I'm not saying it's easy, especially for those because there are many, many people who suffer from anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying, well, here, here's the, the cure-all. But we're saying here is a spiritual method by which you can cope with, better cope with, the, the issues at hand. Even doubts, too. Doubts. Same yes. procedure. Fear, fear and doubt fall into the same kind okay. of category. Uh, okay, so you check your blood pressure. Next thing you have to, what's the next checkpoint? Check your sources. Okay, so the second checkpoint on dealing with wavering faith, faith is to check your sources. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 15. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, 
to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Okay, so here it's saying, here is how the body of Christ is built. You have the 12 apostles. You have prophets, you have evangelists, you have pastors, you have teachers. And what are they all there for? Not to be uh, self-aggrandized. Not to be focused on saying, yay, yay, look at him, let's bow down to him. But they are there for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. So you have to check your sources. Are you finding true the, the true foundation of faith in in the places that you choose to worship, or is it built on, or is what where you're worshiping built on too much tradition or too much too much excitement? And and look, excitement is good. And I, and I don't want to sound like oh, Rick doesn't like people to get excited. <laughs> yes, I do, <laughs> but it's not the basis of your faith. So if it's, if it's all emotionalism and no no substance then you're missing something. That's not real, real true faith. And by the same token, if there's all substance with no sense of feeling and, and, and worth, then, then it's not right either. You've got to check the sources of where are you drawing your true heartfelt inspiration for your faith. You know what can be a challenge for me sometimes is is we have some some great pastors and teachers. And so to get, you know, to say, oh, well, um, pastor so-and-so says... No, 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 no. You have it has to be to point you back to the scriptures. Right, right. right. I, I believe it because so and so told me. No, that's right. not a good thing. I right. believe it because the scriptures say. That's where we want to go. Right. Check your sources. Let's finish that scripture. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And see here, it's giving a fair warning that we are no longer to be children tossed about with all, every wind of doctrine because within the, the, the Christian community, there is craftiness and deceitful scheming. And matter of fact, in several weeks, we're going to be doing a program on this. Just looking, oh, goody. Look, yeah. <laughs> looking at how all of this comes to be and what it means. And it, what it does is it takes the focus away from the truest values of Christianity and places the focus on other things that don't belong. And when you mix up truth and error, even if you put a few drops of error in there, you're, you're going to end up going down a wrong pathway. You've got to be very, very careful. So check your sources. That's the second checkpoint uh, to deal with wavering faith. What's the third checkpoint? Check your baggage? <laughs> Folks, if you have a thought, now would absolutely be the time. 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Our website is ChristianQuestions.com. Check your baggage. You're right. Check your baggage. Well, what, 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 do you, what do you mean? Well, we talked about this scripture a little bit earlier. Let's go back to it. First Peter 5, 7 to 9. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. See, what baggage are we carrying around with us? Ah, uh, doubt, yeah. fear. And what does this say to do with all your cares? Throw them onto God. So if we have baggage that needs to be checked... Because we've got too much to carry. And God doesn't have like a 70-pound weight limit. <laughs> Extra charge you for baggage. You check it with him. 
you check it with him, and then all you've got are your little carry-ons, and everything is good. Wow. See, check your baggage. Make sure that your baggage is checked at God's feet. That's where it belongs, casting your care upon him. That's what makes Christian faith work. So what should be in your carry-on? Oh, I would say your Bible. Ooh, your sources. <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes we have the, the, the inherent difficulties of our own characters yes. that, that you just that yes. you can't you just can't get rid of you mm. so you just have to learn to live with so you learn to live with those things and you carry them on with you knowing that god is you're still getting on the flight you know and you're still going forward and your faith is still producing something so you've got to check your baggage that's a critically important thing so we've got to check your blood pressure check your sources check your baggage the fourth point the fourth checkpoint in dealing with wavering faith is what check your god is God all-powerful? Yes. What does that mean? Well, let's look at Psalm 89, verses 11 to 14, because a lot of people who are not Christian look at that thing. Oh, God's all-powerful? Then he must have created evil. Oh, can God create a rock that he can't pick up and all of these kinds of things? <laughs> you know, and it just is a circular reasoning that just wastes too much time and effort. Psalm 89, 11 to 14. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all it contains, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon, shout for your joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. See, that to me describes an almighty, all-powerful God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Righteousness and justice righteousness and justice. Those are great things. We would love our system of government in the world to have righteousness and justice. Yes. And then it says loving kindness and truth go before you. So wouldn't you love to have a system of righteousness and justice, loving kindness and truth? We will. And and that's the point. God is built on those things. So if your understanding of God does not contain those things, then check it. Check what God you're worshiping, because mm. that's not the God of heaven. That's not the God that the scriptures describe. The God that the scriptures describe is above us from the standpoint of not being above us so he can be evil and dark, but being above us so he can be compassionate and wise and giving and, and, and loving and have a plan that he has seen from the beginning and will see through to the end. And the last point here, the, actually there were five points, the last point all the way down to the bottom. Check Kathy, your ego. And what is it, James uh, 1, 5 to 7? But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. you got to check your ego because there, wisdom does not develop because, where ego exists. See, you can't have true godly wisdom and ego at the same time because ego crowds out wisdom. They're supposed to occupy the same space. So you have to take your, you check your ego, get rid of it so that you can bring in God's wisdom. And he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without reproach. But we have to make room. It's not enough to just say, hey, God, give me wisdom. You have to say, first of all, I'm willing to put my ego aside so I make room 
for God's wisdom. Kathy, thanks so much for being with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Folks, it's all about faith. It's all about Christian faith and what drives our Christian faith and making sure that our Christian faith is founded on things that are important, that are secure, that are proven, and that are godly. And if we don't have our Christian faith founded on those things, then I challenge you to look at that faith and say, what is it really based on? And fix it, because God is willing if we are. For Kathy and Rick and Christian Questions, we'll be back again next week with another subject. But till then, what drives Christian faith? And folks in Tennessee, remember, next week, Talk Radio 850 AM. Also check us out on Facebook. Kathy and Rick and Christian Questions. Christian faith. Use it or lose it. Think about it. <laughs>